Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation. And then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander as you chant. You need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives, and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at The Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply, let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world, waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts. Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of what sitting is, what breathing is, standing is. What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, uh, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose. And that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters. And each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character. And it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U. And they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see uh, italicized lines. Uh, those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlying character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, this is a form of meditation. Uh, rather than silent meditation, we're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it. Today's chanting will be the Sambutsuge. We often chant the Sambutsuge in Shin Buddhist services. These verses are from the larger Sutra of Immeasurable Life, which was composed in India during the first century of the Common Era and translated into Chinese around 400 of the Common Era. It is a cornerstone text for Pure Land Buddhism in China and Japan. Shinran Shonin esteemed the larger Sutra above all other teachings, and he devoted his life to its propagation. We will begin chanting it now. Oh, God. 
The five love languages, birthdays, Christmas, anniversaries, Valentine's Day, they all quickly approach for all of us. But what should we do? How should we observe these holidays with our loved ones? Should we, one, tell them how much they mean to us, two, spend the day with them, three, give them a big hug and hold hands, four, make them breakfast in bed, 
or five, buy them something special. Each one of these five would be very nice, but it may or may not be what they're expecting or hoping for. This is because each one of us has what is called a love language. It is a language that we may not even be aware of. Following the same order as our list above, these five are first, words of affirmation, two, quality time, three, physical touch, four, acts of service, and five, receiving gifts. Words of affirmation means that love is expressed verbally and is most impactful. Saying, I love you, means a lot to this type of person. Love is felt and communicated through words. Quality time people feel loved when others wish to spend time with them. Something as simple as just being together can be very comforting. Love is expressed by taking the time to really be with someone. The actual activity isn't really that important. Physical touch is the expression of love through contact. Sitting close to one another, holding hands, or a hug is most desired by this type of person. The physical closeness of the other person is how love is felt. Acts of service is doing things for others. For example, doing the dishes or cooking a surprise dinner will really be a hit with this type of person. Coming home to a clean house with the laundry done would be a wonderful surprise. Receiving gifts. No matter how small, it signals that they are thought of and cared for. Oftentimes, many small gifts are often preferable to one large gift. A gift giver will often buy the perfect Christmas gift in April and find it difficult to contain their excitement until then. These five general categories were developed by Dr. Gary Chapman, an author and counselor. These are not meant to be a scientific means of diagnosis, but as a general guideline to help us navigate our relationships with others. Without this awareness, we can hurt each other without intending to. It is also surprising to learn that these languages are not bidirectional. For example, you may want others to express their love to you through words of affirmation, but you show love to others by doing acts of service. This is actually my profile. I like to be told while doing projects, chores, or errands for others. It is also important to note that these categories are not fixed. We all drift in and out of each of these five love languages depending on context. This is because we show many different types of love to many different types of people, our partner, our relatives, our friends, and our coworkers. But if we can be self-aware of what we are expecting as well as what others desire, then we can avoid many difficult situations and reactions. For example, my father rarely expressed his love through words. He was never very verbal in that way, but he would get up every morning at 5.30 a.m. to make me a full egg, bacon, fruit, and toast breakfast before I went off to high school summer football practice. At the time, I never really appreciated this because I wanted him to say the words, I love you. But this was not his love language. It was only mine. It was so wonderful when I realized that this was how he was saying, I love you. No one else got up that early with me. It was only my father. This act of service was his way to express himself. 
If we are unaware of these differences and how we and others express love, then it can lead to a lot of friction and hurt feelings. Imagine bringing the perfect gift to your partner, but they are disappointed because the Valentine's Day card was not very expressive. Here we have a gift giver colliding with a person looking for affirmation. Family counselors often wonder how many relationships have had difficulties, ones that cannot be overcome, simply because a couple or a parent and a child were merely unaware of the love languages that were at play within their relationship. So it is vital that we show love in the language that our partners and friends are best equipped to appreciate. We must learn to listen deeply so that we can truly connect with one another. It is through daily practice that we may be able to become fluent in all five love languages for both others and ourselves. Thank you very much. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabts. 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 Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2023 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.